0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, as I am every week. I have not changed. Uh, On YouTube, if you're watching, thank you. First of all, we love you very much. Hit like and subscribe if you've not done that yet. Uh, But you can see that I have a very special guest. And this very special guest is uh, $15,000 richer than he was before. So we have Kreiner here. Kreiner recently won uh, the fall circuit. He's the grand champion of the whole The whole thing, the whole thing. Um, This was, what, two weekends ago now at this point?
1: Yeah, it was two weekends ago, pretty sure.
0: So, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations. That's an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. So, for you guys who don't know, I'm sure people have heard the name Kreiner if they take this game even a little bit seriously. I just learned that he's 16 years old. Maybe that's because I live under a rock and I'm an idiot, but – this man has 15k at 16 years old just from being good at a baseball game. So I'm just curious when you're playing in that last game, you know what's on the line. I don't. You know you're good at this game. It's not like you have to mm-hmm. doubt your skills or anything like that. But how sweaty is that controller in your hands? Like, are you like, are you on edge? Or are you very comfortable and confident?
1: It was definitely the most insane game I've ever played by far. I thought I had, like, sweaty games in 19 and 20, but that was – that takes a cake for sure.
0: What no, made nothing it, like it. Was it just because you knew the money was right there, or was it more about, like, the opponent, the situations? Like, kind of what was the whole combination?
1: It was pretty much all of that, playing for 10K, especially, in versus wins. It's, yeah. That's probably top third player in the game, just like everything on the line with so many people watching that was definitely just knew I had to play my best. And I did pretty much.
0: So we were talking beforehand and, you know, Kreiner didn't really start playing until 17, didn't get competitive until like 18, 19, didn't start streaming until 19. I, I'm curious, like at what point did you realize you were good at the game? I know that's a silly question, but like I didn't truthfully get competitively good until last year. When I got a monitor and COVID happened and I had time to take it seriously, I was just a very passive player who like just did it for entertainment more mm, or less. Pretty, like, when did you realize you wanted to enter the competitive spot?
1: Uh, the first season, I will be the show 19. I finished like 80th. I almost got top 50, but didn't finish the season good. And that was when I knew I was pretty good. And then I just went from there.
0: And what are you lifetime this year?
1: Um, this year, I think I'm like 50th. Cause I took like a two month break, but the last two years I've been like top three.
0: I just checked today and I'm 994 lifetime. So, hey, top thousand. I'll take it. You guys can laugh at me all you want, but I'll take top thousand. Um, I'm so interested in the competitive space because, you know, a lot of the times I have content creators and guests on the show who are incredibly nice people and, you know, good at the game, but they're not on the competitive side. They're good to the point where they can just enjoy playing, create their content, create very good content, and then just move along. You know they're not out there playing. I don't know how many rank games have you played this year. I mean, even uh, with a two month break, you've probably played at least like four or five hundred ranked
1: games. I think right? it's like four fifty or so. Four fifty. Yeah. So
0: like I would shoot myself in the face if I had to play that many rank games. And then, here you are. Well, you probably lost what thirty times, uh, if that.
1: uh hundred games actually. Hundred. A lot of okay. it. A lot of it was like wag out during the year and a bad slump. So yeah, I think the, I had like fifty with legit losses yeah, around.
0: The the freeze-offs were were rough this year.
1: But Mm kind of what I'm getting
0: at here is it takes a certain mindset to be a competitive, truly competitive gamer, period. doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. game you play. It could be Fortnite, Rocket League, MLB The Show. I know MLB The Show doesn't have a true esports really yet. But as far as the differences between, like, the uber competitive, like you play, and then just hopping into ranks, like what are are the differences in your opinion? How does it feel different, play different, the opponents are different? Like, what's your take on that?
1: Um, I just think it depends, like, what uh, division you're in. Like, World Series on Legend is always more sweaty than, like, an all-star game and BR, even though BR can get super sweaty, especially early in the year when you're trying to get collections done. So I think Ranked is, or, like, World Series, and definitely separates from, like, Hall of Fame. I know, I
0: think I know your answer already, because you play most of your games on Legend Mm -hmm. when you're actually in the full swing of things. Do you think Legend plays the best of the difficulties? You know what I mean? I, like it's Yeah. Cuz you have the truer players in that place, I
1: guess. I think yeah, I definitely plays the best. Hall of Fame is an awful. It Hall of Fame in 19 is probably the worst I've ever seen it, but it's definitely Hall of Fame is still pretty good, but Legend stuff with the best.
0: And players like me <laughs> who can make World Series every season and then I stop. I don't play legend games if I don't have to, because for me, it's not as enjoyable. Like, Mm -hmm. could I go 500 on legend difficulty? Probably, but I'd also get like three hits a game. And to me, that's, that's just not enjoyable for me. There are a lot of people who think legend this year is harder than it's ever been because of outlier, because of pinpoint, because of PCI changes, you know, whatever. Do you think Mm -hmm. Legend is actually harder this year than it has been
1: before? Definitely. uh, The first month or so, I struggled a lot. I got used to it, but pretty much everyone struggled, and they say they didn't. They're lying. Everyone was struggling pretty much. What was the biggest thing
0: to adjust to for you?
1: um, Probably just the pitch speeds. It just felt faster for me, and maybe because I'm on the PS5, I'm not sure, but just it felt different. Like It felt different from 2019. It just felt weird.
0: Do you think that's an outlier problem? Or is that like I, I know the servers, people just think servers sometimes means freeze-offs and games dropped, but servers mean a lot for consistent pitch speeds, timing windows, pitches warp from frame to frame sometimes. Like do I you think, think it's it's it, server based like, most of it?
1: Yeah, I think like the Xbox, like an Xbox game is laggier than the same console for sure. And I just think they made the game a bit harder this year. Like Overall, I just think, like, PCI was a bit smaller, except the outer, like, foul balls were still a thing, for sure, maybe worse, but I just feel like it was harder to hit this year, for sure.
0: Foul balls are definitely a problem, and <laughs> we've I've talked about this extensively by myself ranting on this podcast just about, like, we need to change something about the hitting engine just fundamentally. Hmm. I Do I know the answer to that? I, I have no idea what the answer is, but I, I was listening to Dimu's stream Uh, earlier this afternoon, he had a 26 pitch at bat yesterday that ended in a home run. It was his at bat. So he got the better end of it, but 26 pitches. That's that should never happen.
1: Yeah. Never. That's if it gets to 20, that's insane. But also kudos to the person
0: for hanging in there. I would at at like three and two, if it's 15 pitches, I'm just walking them on purpose and moving on to the next one.
1: Yeah. I would have gotten very mad, very (laughs) mad. Yeah. Um, So do you
0: think then, you know, I think we can agree the hitting needs work and maybe a total revamp. I don't know if that's what they're doing for 22. They haven't told us anything yet, so I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, but as far as like competitive play within the game, rank seasons, I don't think is the competitive mode. I mean, by Definitely default, not. it kind of is, but it shouldn't be. I you know, it, what, what do you want to see out of a competitive mode within the game?
1: Uh, I think we should have like a weekend league week style. I don't think it should be every weekend, but I would do like every two weeks you play a certain amount of games in the top, like a hundred get rewards, top 25, number one, like top 10, like a reward style, like weekend league, week, but not every Thursday through Sunday.
0: Yeah. Because the, the problem with ranked or the problem with, I shouldn't say the problem with ranked, the problem with competitive as this game has organized it, you can't, have a player card be the reward in a competitive scene especially when x number of wins now gives you that card because it incentivizes quits incentivizes quits incentivizes you know fluky bullshit it's it's not a true a true competitive form would be players just playing to be competitive Mm -hmm. is really all it would be um like i take for example this mike trout rank season I have never had less fun playing ranked. And I feel like I say that every season, but mm-hmm. there are people just tanking and dashboarding. I go up one run, they're out of there. Like it's it's not a real competitive mode.
1: I think that's a big problem. I don't think like tanking should be like promoted in the game by any means, or like quitting after like one run. I just mm-hmm. feel like that ruins the competitive like spirit of the game for sure.
0: And I don't want people to get I'm not saying take ranked out i'm not saying there can't be a mode that exists like ranked but there should be a second mode on top of that that is like always on legend difficulty there's no number rating system as far as determining your opponents it's just like a very competitive record-based type of system yeah i agree like think of any i mean i'm not a fps gamer i don't play call of duty halo things like that but think of how competitive works in that scale That's Mm -hmm. a competitive game.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're definitely ahead of sports games, even like FIFA Madden is way ahead of them. will be pretty much every sports game. We're very behind in the competitive scene, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: behind in competitive scene, but definitely ahead in the content game. We can argue all we want about like the timing of content, but Mm -hmm. we have even today just a free 99 Bryce Harper just dropped into our laps. Like no other game does that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think content is – I don't like it as much this year, but it's definitely weeps and bounds ahead of gameplay competitive for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And I did. So content is, is another big aspect of the competitive scene. So I want to talk about lineup building with you, but I want to talk about it as a God squad and then separately as a tournament team, because I know your mm-hmm. tournament team obviously has 100 restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to God squad lineup building this year specifically? Because the meta this year is outlier, sinker cutter, and then high contact with like 100 power. That's the meta. Mm -hmm. How do you go about constructing, let's start with, I guess, your pitching staff. Like who are you looking for as your starters?
1: I look for outlier and sinker cutter, which is not how I want it to be, but it's what I have to do to have the best like competitive uh, advantage. Like DeGrom and a bunch of sinker sinker cutters is my rotation.
0: So it would be like maybe like, Felix Arietta. I'm sure you have Verlander mixed in there, maybe.
1: Um, I'll look right now to give you my best answer, but it is Kluber, Corbin Burns, Arietta, Felix, and Degrom, which is pretty much all sinker cutters.
0: Yeah, that's so. I have a perhaps very unpopular opinion that I don't think Kluber this year is as good as he was last year. That's also because I don't play on Legend a ton. He's probably much better on Legend.
1: And he also cared me with the tournament two weeks ago, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, fan favorite of yours. But um, compared
1: to ninth, or was it twenty? It was twenty. He yeah. definitely not as good.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to bullpen, again, same thing. We're looking for outlier sinker cutter and maybe some funky deliveries and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So which I don't want it to be like that. But except Gagne doesn't have either. I don't think. But I still mm-hmm. really like him.
0: Do you really? I actually, I feel like I can pick his pitches up very well when I'm hitting. So I don't even use him because I'm assuming other people can read him well too.
1: I've liked him since 19. He's been always one of my best for sure.
0: That's very interesting. Um, So even though there is so much content, do you think that the fact that the meta is so pronounced this year limits how really creative you can actually be?
1: Yeah. It's always been like that in my opinion, but definitely this year it's like, there's a 90% of the cards they release are invaluable to me for sure.
0: Oh, especially like, I'm trying to get, I mean, any, I can't say any event reward because Trey Turner is like Jesus Christ reincarnate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Cal Ripken, Milestone Cal Ripken was the literal, literal most worthless card they've ever created and dropped in Dece- November, December, whenever, like, idiotic.
1: Yeah, the card's awful.
0: Yeah. They sure. get, they create this new milestone series where you can give everybody juiced attributes and they pick the worst attribute to boost for Cal Ripken. The durability means a ton um now when it comes to lineup building lineup you could probably get a little more creative because it's a lot more swing comfortability things like that so what are you looking for are you prioritizing the highest contact or, or the best
1: swing uh the biggest thing i look for is left right left right i think having the balance is definitely the most important and i always look for swing i'll use a guy with slightly worse stats if they have a better swing for sure
0: so who's who's a couple examples of that that you've had success with this year
1: uh, Babe Ruth, well, that's obvious, but, but Mickey Mantle, but Jackie Robinson is probably the card I use the most that like not everyone uses. I just think his swing. This year is very good.
0: Yeah. That's why I'm not competitive. Cause I don't like Jackie Robinson. I don't like his swing. I, I've never liked his swing really ever. Maybe mm-hmm. feels a little better this year. I don't think you're wrong about that. It's but always
1: still, for, been for some reason. It's awful. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always been awful except this year. I love it. So, so,
0: I, we don't need to actually go down like your are one through nine. But at this point in the year, there's a million outfielders. So I'm just curious at least who you, who you put in your outfield right now, assuming you have every card in the game. Like, who, who's your outfield?
1: Right now I have Griffey, Mantle, and Trout, and I don't plan on – I might put Turner there too, but we'll have to see where I'm going to put him in my lineup probably second.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, let's do this. I just came up with this in my head on the fly. Didn't plan on doing this. I'm going to tell you what my team looks like, mm. and you give me a grade. How would, oh, yeah. how would this fare if I were a legend goon? Okay. So in left field, I have Trout, the obviously new one. Uh, center field, Griffey. Right field, I play Soto. Mm-hmm. Thank God he can field, because otherwise mm-hmm. I would not have him in right field. Um, I still use Chipper at third, which I'm sure is a very unpopular opinion with some people because the card's so damn old, but his swing is one of the best.
1: I still use them too, so oh,
0: perfect. See, you guys can't yell at me anymore. Um, shortstop, I have Tatis. I see people complain about his swing, and I am not one of them.
1: I think it's awful. So, I really, guess. so you uh, liked his yeah, swing I, better last year? I didn't like it last year either. I just can't hit with Tatis. It pains me. But so, who do you run at short? I use Cap. I Cap.
0: Okay, have um, the whole year. Interesting. I have uh, I have Trey at second. He is just an absolute. It's almost offensive how good his card is.
1: Yeah, his swing is unbelievable.
0: I'm hit I, now. Granted, not going to take a ton of credit for this because it's all in the all star event, but 75 at bats, we're hitting 520 with nine home runs. That's
1: he's so impressive.
0: He's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first base, I play Babe Ruth because I think Lou Gehrig's swing is atrocious.
1: Oh, I love Lou Gehrig's swing.
0: I can't get it down, man. I feel like. Before he swings, there's like a little hitch type deal with his with his wrists, and I just can't time it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Jimmy Fox behind the plate. I've really started to come around with him. I know his fielding is bad, but I feel like people don't steal bases anymore. So,
1: yeah, I love Jimmy, that's who I used to.
0: Yeah. Um, and then so on the bench, this is another great question, just blanket statement. How do you put your bench together? What uh, I've I- always done two lefties, two righties, one switch hitter. And one or two guys have some speed if I need it.
1: Uh, I usually do two lefties, two righties, and try to have speed integrated into one. And I always have catcher on the bench if I want to pinch run because okay. there's not a lot of fast catchers. So
0: Yeah, so I have Salvador Perez on my bench more so as a lefty killer.
1: Uh, I just have him as a catcher, like a backup. That's what I use him for.
0: Normally I would do that too, but like Jimmy Fox at P4, he's got 69 speed. So mm-hmm. I don't foresee many situations I'll have to pinch run for him. If it was like a dire emergency, then I would.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just do it as like, I'm so used to doing that. Like, even though his speed is like 70 overall parallel five, yeah. but I'm just so used to doing it. Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, rotation wise, I go to Grom. Cause like you said, you kind of just like, you have to have him. Mm-hmm. Uh Felix. Corbin Burns, then I still love Verlander. He's one of my best. And I have had like a revolving door in the fifth starter spot all year. So I'm actually, I'm back to going with Al Leiter again because the lineups Felix. are starting to have more lefties in them now. They weren't for months. Mm-hmm. And now that they have lefties in them again, I like having that lefty starter.
1: Yeah, I use Cooper, uh, Corbin, Arietta, Felix, and DeGrom right now. And I think that Felix is very underrated. Very I feel underrated. like I'm
0: so happy they made Felix good.
1: Yeah, he's on um, he, he has, has been. not been good. Yeah, he hasn't been.
0: Yeah, um, and the bullpen in the bullpen, most of their pitchers are going to be the same as everybody else. I would say most people have at least four to five of the same pitchers, and then it's just feel at that point, whichever mm-hmm. ones you're comfortable with. Um, I think one of the underrated pitchers this year is Garrett Richards. I don't see him used enough.
1: Yeah, I've never used that card, so I love him, man.
0: I mean, he's got 53 stamina, and out of the bullpen, that's that's good.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. That's a long guy.
0: Slider primary, sinker. He doesn't throw particularly hard, but he throws, like, from the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's all about feel, and, and that's that's really what it comes down to. Mm, for sure. Um, but when we're talking competitive lineups, for people who don't know, you cannot just enter a, like, actual competitive money-on-the-line tournament, or very rarely can you, with just all 99s across the board. There are restrictions. Usually it's, like, two or three 99s in the lineup, one or two in the Pitching staff, basically, you know, it's mixed up. What I'm getting at is where, like, what is your thought process for, okay, this position needs to be my 99. I can use a gold goon at second base or whatever. Like, how do you decide all that stuff?
1: Uh, The biggest thing for me is having good defense in the outfield. That was when I started making my team, that was the biggest thing. Like, I have 4 y'all, Mantle, and Trout. And if if they don't have 90-plus fielding and good speed, they're not in the outfield.
0: Florial is a good card. I like his swing a lot
1: too. He's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Now, I see a lot of people using Jaron Duran in that spot instead, the tops now.
1: What's your opinion
0: I, on either way there?
1: Uh, I've never used them, but I've seen it's pretty much Florial or Duran. I've used Florial, but mm-hmm. I think Duran's a pretty good card.
0: Which goals did you use in this tournament?
1: At uh, least in I the use, lineup. So on Saturday, I used um, Miguel Sano and Corey Seager. And on Sunday, I switched to. Uh, Polanco and Xander, and that was probably the best decision I've ever made because Sano hit 130 and Seeger at 180, so that didn't go so well.
0: I'm surprised Seeger. I mean, Sano, I get it because his PCI is tiny, tiny on Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's interesting. That's very interesting. Like, did so? Did you go into it confident with Sano, or you were just like, I'll take a chance on him?
1: Uh, I was not really confident, but I just went with him on Saturday, and then he, I think he had one hit, which was mm-hmm. a homer, but I just I thought Jorge Polanco and Zander was definitely a better combination and it worked out. They both hit 500 on Sunday.
0: Do you find that a lot of these lineups are pretty similar, at least with, at least with like the gold goons that you know are goons. Like I I would use Cabert Ruiz if I was building my lineup, the 84 Cabert Ruiz. I would imagine a lot of people are using that card.
1: A lot of people haven't paralleled above 84. So that's who I was going to use. But since I didn't paralleled above 84, I couldn't, and the wide diversity was a lot more than I thought. Like, hmm. a lot of people use that Vlad Senior card, and I cannot hit with that Vlad Senior.
0: I love that card Awful, so much.
1: but swing, just can't get it down. But there was definitely more diversity than I thought there would be.
0: And so you're going through this tournament, and everybody who makes it to, like, that last day, or the last couple, the last weekend, really, you know, they can all play. They know they can all play. You don't get there by accident or very rarely. Would you get there by accident? Mm -hmm. But people like people know who you are in the community and they like, Oh shit. I'm playing Kriner now. Like they, they, they have to lock in, you know, you're getting everybody's best. You know, when you play people, they are not looking away from that computer screen. Mm -hmm. Does that like affect you? Does that change your mindset?
1: Uh, no, I don't really think about it. What's really affected me is I've been first-rounded in pretty much every tournament, it feels like. I either make the finals or get first-rounded. So the biggest thing for me was just if I got past the first round, I knew I could go on a run no matter who I was playing.
0: When you're playing in that championship game, I'm sure family knows what's going on. Are mm-hmm. they, like, knocking on the door and checking in, like, hey, what's the score? Or are they watching your stream? Like, like how are they staying involved
1: uh, I just kept alerting them to tell them how it was going, but I had to be laser-focused. If I had any distractions, it wasn't going to go well. I had to stay 100% focused.
0: Clearly, winning a, a little bit of money helps, like, show that you're actually very good at this, but what, what does your family think about this competitive gaming side of you?
1: Uh, they like it. It definitely is a huge thing, and especially for, like, college, and it's definitely just a life-changing amount for sure, fifteen k, pretty good amount.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's unbelievable. That's that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, you know, is that I don't really follow esports and other stuff, in other games. And I know as we kind of discussed, MLB the Show and really sports games in, in general are just kind of getting into esports in a in a bigger fashion. But do you do you think the way that the tournaments MLB the Show or, or SDS is running now, like are they run the way you think they should be? Are there changes that you would make?
1: Uh, there was changes. There is changes I would make, but compared to MLB the show 19 and ESL, it is leaps and bound better. But the biggest change I would make is for the qualifiers. Uh, I would, I want to play back to back, like right when your game finishes, so you don't have to wait six, three in a game shouldn't take seven hours on a Saturday, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I know there's a lot of wait time. I know people complain about that. And I've heard, countless terrible things about ESL. So I'm glad at least we've moved on from that.
1: Yeah, that was awful. No, <laughs> just horrible.
0: Um I mean, how do you th- is there a way to not make people wait that long between games? Like I don't know how they would structure something like that.
1: Uh Madden does it, so I think it's definitely possible like just you report your score. You play six games no matter how fast or slow it goes because we're pretty much waiting for two games and 40 minutes. It goes like the 13th inning, no one has a head that guy It's just, I don't understand why we have to wait. It doesn't make sense to me, but.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: you know, looking back on the tournament itself, I don't know if you really need to change anything. Obviously you won, but like, would you have done something differently?
1: Um, There was a couple of things like just managing bullpen, like in the game three, I choked an eight, nothing lead. And, Every if I would have lost, I would have looked at every bullpen move I made, every like pitch I made, and see what I could have did better. But at the end of the day, like I, it was just heat in the moment. Like I just went with what I thought was best.
0: Yeah, Matt, bullpen decisions are tough. Mm-hmm. Much less serious than your bullpen management. But I, I, uh, I played playful the other day and ranked. Never matched up against him before, and I was up. So it was seven to two. I was winning. I was blown the fuck away. I was winning seven, two in the bottom of the ninth. And I lost the game because he decided to lock in. I apparently went to the wrong bullpen piece and it was, it was all hell from there.
1: Yeah. Just one decision, especially with the three batter minimum rule. Like if you walked the first two batters. It's just not good because you can't just switch them out to one batter anymore.
0: Yeah. And I, so I think I took my starter out after five innings because I was like, all right, this game's serious. There's a very good player. If I can get a pinched hitter in and score some extra runs, I'm going to do it. So I was using my bullpen for like four or five innings. And so by the time I got to the bottom of the ninth, I didn't necessarily have my A guys left. I was at like my B guys. And so I ended up bringing in Billy Wagner. That was not the right decision. Yeah, uh, Billy's not in my bullpen anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's not that good in the game, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick ad break. I'm going to read some things and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about maybe like some tips and tricks that a competitive player at the top of his game would give to really just anybody who can use them. Uh, And then we're going to talk some nationals. Kreiner is a nationals fan. um, Probably excited and, a couple of years ago, and not excited anymore. Uh, but you sure. know, we're getting there. We're, we're going to, you know, it's a rebuild. That's things take time. Um, but first, we're going to hear from Thrive Fantasy. Very excited to be working with Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app that is based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research, like those other DFS apps, because it only asks you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. To play, uh, you can't play MLB anymore. Season's over. You can play NFL, NBA, all those other things. On um, Thrive Fantasy. You choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible, and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make some money watching your favorite sports, use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by going online to thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Finally, Rogue Energy. It is specifically designed for people like you gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, hectic schedule people, individuals with low energy, people who are health conscious, and so much more. There's an exclamation point. So much more. Got to be excited. Uh, it's great as either a pre workout or as a coffee and energy drink replacement. Rogue Energy was designed to be the greatest gaming drink on uh, the planet of Earth. It strives to improve the in-game performance of gamers and streamers everywhere. It's the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand. The low-calorie, sugar-free energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled, canned energy drinks and sodas. The Extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. The hydration line, which is my favorite, offers focus ingredients that don't have caffeine. Finally, you have the shake formula, which is, uh, you guessed it, a delicious zero-calorie milkshake. Uh, Every formula Rogue produces is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients, and you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better in water. No more chalky texture. That's my favorite. I cannot stand the chalky stuff left at the bottom of the container with other types. Uh, And the taste profiles are unmatched. If you want to try the best gaming energy drink on the market, go to RogueEnergy.com and use coupon code KDJTV for 10% off. Your entire order. Rogue Energy, the world's most delicious gaming drink. And we're back. Uh, so we're going to talk about tips and tricks. And Lord knows I could probably use a few of them myself. So let's just talk about pre-competition, pre-ranked seasons prep. What do you, I'm, I'm sure you very rarely hop into competitive play cold. So what do you do to warm up?
1: Um, I guess I, I am rare. I don't usually warm up. I do for, like, the tournament tomorrow, but – for ranked, I usually just hop in cold, which isn't the smartest decision, but I just always done that and it's work. So I don't see why not. So
0: let's take the tournament for instance. And what would you do to warm up for a tournament when there's money on the line? It's like you want to be on your game. And
1: I've just played online legend friendlies, like same format. I think custom BP throws me off because the offline pitch speeds and the online pitch speeds are definitely different. Or they just are something. Not the same. Is, yeah. Just something throws me off a lot with it.
0: Even if, like, you jack the sliders up, it's still still not good?
1: Yeah, I just can't do it. I would rather go in cold than play offline custom BP.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, obviously, when you're playing a friendly, you're playing against somebody who's pitching to get you out. But, you know, are there specific types of pitches or locations that you would prefer to warm up against to get yourself ready uh, to
1: go? No, I just try to go, like, the most, like, realistic, like what it would look like, just good at bats, no matter how I'm getting pitched. I don't really care about that. I care about who I'm facing. Like, if I know they're throwing Felix, I want to see Felix so I can see, like, the wind up and get the timing down. But no, I don't really care about that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And what we're talking about, like, let's talk pitching first. So pitching
0: strategy for you. We know what the meta is. Jam people inside with sinkers. Sinkers below the zone will get you ground balls every single time tunnel pitches, but, like, what is your pitching strategy? Where are you attacking hitters most?
1: Uh, I try to get the corners and just stay off balance, like try not to get predictable, which I know I do, but I just try to whatever I can to, like, keep them, like, oh, why would he throw that there? Like, just keep them off balance and not, like, get predictable is the biggest thing.
0: They're very large, like, fundamental debates. You usually see them in, like, the Facebook groups or on Reddit, like, oh, I can't stand the guy I just played. He didn't throw me a single strike, and he beat me 8 nothing. Well, don't swing at them, sir. But, I mean, mm-hmm. are you throwing a lot of pitches in the zone? Are you mostly trying to get people to chase? Are you nibbling? Like, how do you actually do mm-hmm. that?
1: My goal is to try to throw as many strikes as possible, but I find myself nibbling a lot and get behind the counts, which I need to improve on. But the biggest thing is you have to attack the zone, in my opinion, especially on a legend.
0: And people don't really chase as much of that difficulty because in they should really know the strike zone very well.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You can't fall behind. Because then you have to throw a good pitch, no hit it.
0: Are there any like, I guess it, you know, it depends on who you're playing and depends on the hitter they're using. But are there any zones you're just trying to avoid, like at all costs, because it's something's gonna get jacked up there?
1: Uh, inside cutters. I cannot throw an inside cutter without it going 450.
0: Are you talking inside still a strike or like inside inside?
1: Uh, that's a strike and same batter, like lefty lefty, righty Ready? just will, will never work.
0: Ever. Really. Mm-hmm. that's it i mean i guess on legend like when people are all geared up for a fastball you throw them a cutter then they're already going to be earlier on it
1: it sounds like a great pitch in your mind because i i think it's a great pitch in my mind but it always gets crushed
0: are there pitches so like on lower difficulties all-star and hall of fame eh, not so much hall of fame but you can you can throw that outside cutter that just comes in and touches the corner
1: yeah that's, on legend that's-
0: that gets destroyed
1: I still throw it a lot. It's still one of the better. I feel like every pitch, if you're playing a good player, every pitch gets destroyed. So you have to just mix it up and see what he's kind of struggling with, and come back to it in different like areas. Not always with two strikes. Start him off or something.
0: Yeah, oh, man, that's that's the one thing I know that would be tough for me. Like, um, what are you letting up? Seven, eight runs a game in a true competitive tournament like that against yeah. goons
1: who just hit. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that would be
0: so demoralizing for me. I don't think I'd be able to mentally come back from a beginning like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm used to it by now. Like, I know I have to, first one to 15 wins pretty much. If I can get 15, um, I feel good.
0: That is And that's what you have to do. I could count on one hand the amount of times I scored 15 on Hall of Fame this year, let alone on Lennon.
1: Yeah. That's what you have to do to win these type of games. So not tomorrow with draining games. I think five is good enough, but we'll have to see. And when you're
0: talking about lineup construction, I know you already mentioned you like that lefty righty. I'm sure mm-hmm. you don't mind a couple switch hitters in there as well. So you have the platoon advantage. Um, but how do you balance being like aggressive first, second pitch swinging, or really trying to work counts.
1: Uh, it depends how I'm getting pitched. If he's attacking, I'm going to attack. If he's, really nibbling, I'm pretty patient. It just depends how I'm getting pitched and I make the adjustments from there. And do you go up to the plate like, okay,
0: I'm sitting sinker away, I'm not swinging till I get a sinker away, or are you just a very reactionary hitter where they just jump at stuff?
1: Uh, Usually reactionary, but it depends, again, like how they're pitching me. If they're always starting with an outside sinker, I'm sitting outside sinker. But if they're mixing it up, I'm just reacting. Because I find myself... More so. So
0: my timing has gotten a lot better this year. Mm -hmm. My PCI is still not always great. I have a problem gliding to the ball. I still jam a little too often. So I find myself when I'm going right, or I'm really locked in trying to be competitive. Like I literally will not swing unless the pitch is here. I'm sitting my PCI here. I'm not moving it. And I really hope he gives me something there. Do you think that's like, I don't know. Is there a better method, in your opinion? Is it sitting I, and camping, or is it just reacting?
1: Just reacting. I think starting your PCI up just a tad and just seeing is the best way. And I know this is a strategy. I don't know how many people do it anymore, but the first three innings, you take the two strikes, especially in a ranked game. That did wonders for me in 19. I got away from it a bit, but I was just swinging at everything. everything. So if anyone's struggling, do that.
0: And is that – just to get the pitch count up or maybe you buy a couple free bases out of it. Like what's, what's the strategy there?
1: Uh, it's a little of both and they're going to start really pounding the zone in the later innings. And if you're aggressive in the later innings, you'll get some great pitches to hit.
0: That is very interesting. And like, it makes a ton of sense. Like you don't have to be a rocket scientist or scientist to realize that makes sense. But I, I don't know. I feel like I step into the box all horned up to swing. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm gonna hit something mm-hmm. far. And then I weakly pop out the shortstop.
1: Yeah, I definitely do that too. But that's definitely the best strategy I give.
0: Really? I you know what? I might I know there's nothing to play for in ranked seasons really anymore, but whenever mm-hmm. the next one starts, I might try that. Mm-hmm. Um and so we talked about foul balls. When it's two strikes in these competitive games, I'm talking like money on the line competitive. Do you go to contact swing just to fight some pitches off, or are you always normal swinging?
1: I'm always normal swinging. I've never contact swinging in an online game except with the pitcher. I always contact swing.
0: Oh, really? Always with the pitcher?
1: Mm-hmm. Just to make that Especially. PCI a
0: little more palatable.
1: And with the, how many blue pits there are, you never know. You can get a little blooper over the first baseman, the third baseman.
0: Is there ever such a situation for you on legend difficulty specifically to power swing?
1: Never. I've never done it.
0: Battle Royale, maybe sometimes.
1: Uh, no, never power swing.
0: Really, the only okay. time
1: I ever do it is offline moments.
0: Oh yeah, I, I basically exclusively power swing in offline yeah. moments. I don't care if it's Ozzy Smith or Giancarlo Carlos Stanton. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, the power swinging competitively in competitive play rather is tough this year because check swings are just an absolute disaster. And if you power swing, you will not get a check swing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it should be like that. To be honest, though.
0: Oh, it should be 100%. But mm-hmm. I'm like, even like normal swinging, you're never going to get a check swing call. So I just, you know,
1: it all depends. Depends if you're going to get the lock that game or not.
0: Yeah. The, you know, the big thing in the offseason or between game cycles is like, don't worry, guys, we fixed check swinging. It's better than ever before. It's, they I think fix, it's
1: worse. They fixed hitting for four years too, apparently. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, the one thing I think they did fix or at least get very, very close to fixing is pitching. Mm hmm pinpoint is a big improvement for sure you were pitches hanging than before occasionally they still do stamina is just a just stupid broken Mm -hmm. um you know so you're probably facing guys for 140 pitches sometimes in in legend games
1: a lot of guys usually go to the pen early so it's not as big of a deal it's more of a big deal bigger deal with their levers i've seen chapman go 35 pitches still throwing 102
0: (laughs) that's crazy i um I was watching Chev this morning, and he was playing a ranked game. He had Kluber, and I think – I forgot the exact number. I think he finished with 123 pitches, which is not – for Kluber, that's really not unreasonable. It was pretty normal, but he still had more than half energy.
1: Yeah, that should never be a thing. When you get past 100 pitches is when you should start being in the yellow.
0: Yeah, so – my great idea to fix this, which is not a great idea because it seems very logical is just make your pitch stamina bar based off 125 pitches. And every pitch you throw is one tick off the energy bar.
1: I agree. I could see that for sure.
0: I mean, I, if you're talking like trying to make it reality, some pitches are more stressful than others. You know, if there's a runner on scoring position, if you're getting your shit kicked in, like every pitch is technically it means something different. But we the can't thing, have these stamina problems.
1: It's crazy. The only thing for relievers is I wouldn't do that, especially like Chapman has like twenty-five stamina, so I think that might have to be slightly tweaked. But for starters, I would agree. And it's it's funny that stamina
0: works completely opposite ways depending depending on the game mode. So like you'll bring a guy out of the bullpen in battle royale, he'll throw one pitch, and he's got red energy, and it's like take me the hell out. I'm tired. I can't feel my arm. Like what? The, what do you mean? I just warmed you up for a full inning. Like what are you? What are you talking about? How
1: about the innings in the game? Like nine and three, they start with different energy. I'm pretty sure.
0: So stupid. Just fix it, guys. Just, SDS, Ramon, I know you're listening. Just fix the damn game, please. Like I, it can't be this hard. It takes no, no, like in crazy science to figure this out. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that a lot of the bigger issues aren't even like huge issues. If they could just fix a couple things gameplay would be a hundred times better. Like, yeah, there's some definite definite flaws in hitting, but just a couple things like foul balls, it would make the game 10 times better. If they just, if they fixed nothing,
0: if they left the game, the content entirely as is, and had dedicated, consistent, always working servers, so many fewer people would complain.
1: Mm-hmm. I think servers are also part of the issue why hitting is so bad. I think foul balls, too, it. you
0: think, like could mm-hmm. be part of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually don't think the foundational hitting engine is awful. It's just like some of the tweaks to it, like foul balls, awful. They should remove the outer PCI. I don't think that needs to be a thing. It just creates more foul balls.
0: Yeah. I, one of my, I, I was told by a listener of the podcast um, that this idea was fucking stupid, but I'm going to pitch it to you now. You know that that Japanese baseball game you see some streamers playing the the, mm-hmm. the spirits game or something like that?
1: I've seen it, yeah.
0: Their PCI, or the equivalent of a PCI, is literally it looks like a bat. It's thin, it's narrow, it covers the whole plate. I feel like we should just have that.
1: Uh I think I'm actually okay with the PCI, like how it is, but I just don't know um how I would do it. But I think I would keep it similar. Just keep get rid of the outer PCI.
0: Yeah, the outer you're right. The outer PCI. Is essentially it? First of all, your bat doesn't actually look like that. Like mm-hmm. you don't have a big wide thing on the outside of your bat. It's not real. Um, mm-hmm. It just it it is. It's like a safety net for people who mm-hmm. are at the plate and don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why we need it, especially on like legend. There's no point.
0: Um, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm so happy you came on the podcast to talk about competitive stuff because, like, as I've said, I don't really haven't really jumped into the competitive side of Emily, the show. Um, So this has been a really cool conversation, but what I want to end with, like I do with every guest I have is talk about their favorite teams. You're a nationals fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am an enormous Juan Soto fan, even as a Yankee fan, enormous Juan Soto fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also enormous Trey Turner fan, which I know I'm sorry. Uh, You (laughs) know, I hope you're okay with him just being given to the Dodgers for
1: really probably not enough, but, I still think we won the trade, though, so I'm okay with it.
0: I, I like Ruiz a lot, and I like Josiah Gray, but I, I would have just paid Trey Turner whatever he wanted when it was time.
1: Yeah, he is up there in age and with the future. I actually agree with the move, but it yeah. depends. I love Turner still, though. He's mm-hmm. amazing.
0: When, when we're talking about the Nationals, and we can even – I know you're, you're younger, so maybe the Expos were not really a part of your life, but when we're talking about, like – franchise legends who are not currently in MLB the show. Like, are there cards that you'd want to have that are not in the game?
1: Uh, this is kind of a random guy, but Drew Storen definitely one of my okay. favorite nets, um, even though he
0: play. was pretty much never able to close a playoff game.
1: Yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> but I, I loved him in 2012, yeah. uh, even though he didn't have a good Nats career. Jonathan Papelbon, I think would be nasty in the game. Mm-hmm. I just think he would have a good pitch mix. I'm trying to think other guys. Even though like Pudge Rodriguez is already in the game, but he was in that so recent. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: I mean, they they uh, gave so like Vlad Guerrero is obviously a franchise legend, and mm-hmm, that's yeah. I know you don't love his swing that much. I find his swing phenomenal. Um, you know, it's it's, it's tough with the franchise like that because they're even though the Expos have like a long history, they're still kind of young. Um, I
1: would like Matt stairs too. Pretty sure he was ooh, in that. That'd
0: be cool. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. Um, Andre Dawson would be cool to pay for again.
1: Yeah. Like get his rights yeah. back. I'm pretty sure he's out of the game this year.
0: Yeah, he is out of the game this year, but now that they have the milestone club and other ways to give him cards, they could probably give him a juiced up nasty card.
1: And 17, that was my favorite card in the game by far is a team affinity card.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're like, if there are nationals or exposed pitchers, that would make sense. Like we got Pedro, but he sucks, mm-hmm. and that's so unfortunate. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I wish he was good, but he's awful.
0: It makes no sense that he's bad. Like they, someone effed that up royally, yeah. and they were just like, "Ah, we'll leave it."
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Walter Johnson's probably the best pitcher for the Nats right now in the game, and he was a set Washington Senator a hundred years ago.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I don't. Sometimes I like using him, and sometimes I just think he's batting practice. I don't. I don't. Really and that's
1: know. and that's a Twins franchise, just. They were in Washington.
0: Yeah. Um, who are some – I don't even know who the legendary pitchers are from those franchises. Uh, Burnett was an expo at one point, wasn't he? No.
1: No, I don't think he was. No, I um, made that up. I would like to see a prime Jordan Zimmerman when he used to be very good.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Like, they could probably give him a no-hitter card.
1: Mm-hmm. Steven Strasburg. A good Steven Strasburg would be nice. Mm-hmm. Good Scherzer. Scherzer's never good in the game, which sucks, but –
0: yeah, I I have difficulties reading Scherzer's delivery, mm-hmm. but his pitches themselves are not hard to hit, and his attributes for pitching are just okay. They're not phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. He has no break when he has some of the nastiest pitches in baseball. Yeah, you know, his things are just so flat.
0: I would hope so. Like we talked about, how they finally made Felix good this year. They finally made Verlander good this year. There's got to be a way to get a good Strasburg, good Scherzer, things like that.
1: Yeah, they need to make like the legendary like Pedro Martinez is unusable. If you're just going off IRL he needs to be amazing
0: yeah and it didn't help either I, mean, I guess this is a matter of perspective but when I'm facing Pedro you can read everything so easily out of his hand
1: yeah it's so easy to hit
0: yeah and then you you know factor in the fact that his PCI is enormous when you face him it just yeah. it's not fair mm-hmm. um, Randy Johnson was an expo, wasn't he
1: uh i don't think he was am i am i an
0: idiot i feel like he was a
1: mariner diamondback marlin and giant pretty sure randy i'm looking it up
0: it's not because i don't believe you but i want to make sure i'm not stupid um no he was he was an expo all right so this barely counts you were not alive he was an expo um in 1988 that was actually his first year in the bigs
1: oh i know and then
0: the first half of 89
1: i would take a randy johnson now he would be amazing i think
0: yeah, I mean, sidearm to three quarter delivery is already glitchy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's going to have the nastiest slider you've seen, obviously, outlier. And He'd then would be like
1: a Chapman starter with 102.
0: Oh, actually, now I don't know if I want him then because yeah. I'd have to face him a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that at all. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like, so like Jose Vidro is a name that keeps coming to my head.
1: Yeah, that would be like an MLB to show legend. They would add like some like, random Like just a legends. cheap one, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Or like Brad Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. He was an expo for a little while. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool that even though the Nationals are kind of not great right now, that thank God we have Soto.
1: I hope they extend him forever. That needs to happen.
0: He needs to never leave that place, and I hope he continues to get better on defense so I can keep having good Juan Soto cards to use yeah, in this game.
1: He was a great defender this year, and it just full under the radar.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad, but I'm I'm glad the game and the developers realized, like, oh, his defense actually was worthy because, like, they boost stats with finest cards. That's not a surprise yeah. to anybody. I don't think they boosted defense. I think his defense was fairly assessed.
1: Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. He's definitely a even a diamond defender this year. He definitely should be.
0: Yeah, even if his arm is just like, okay, like it, mm-hmm. he got to the balls he had to get to and he made the plays he had to make.
1: I think part of the reason is he's not a left fielder, and that's where he played his first two years. He's a true right fielder, and that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Who was there blocking him in right field?
0: Was there a reason he was in left?
1: At, uh, Adam Eaton and Bryce Harper in 18, Adam Eaton in 19.
0: Harper makes a ton of sense to move. We should not be blocking an organizational cornerstone for Adam fucking Eaton, but that's a separate argument to be had at a later date.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Adam Eaton, who is, oh God, maybe one of the most inconsistently bad players that's ever been in Major League Baseball.
1: I agree. He had 280 every year. Other than that.
0: He he had 280 with 120 singles every year, and that was it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's a big part of the Nats 20 now, so I'm thankful oh, for it. Absolutely,
0: but. yeah. Um, but all right, I think I think that's it. We covered a lot. We talked a lot of competitive. Um, before I let you go, you know, people, like we said, they know you in the community as this great competitive player. I don't know if a lot of people have even heard your voice. I know you stream, but some people don't really, like, interact in your streams. Like, like This might be new for some people to, to see your face and, and hear you. So, where can they find you? What should they expect to see if they're in your streams, things like that?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I'm going to start streaming a lot more now, especially uh, with the exposure I've got from winning it. So just shoot me a follow there, and I would appreciate that, especially with making a new channel. It's been harder to grow it. But
0: So what? what's the name of the new channel so everyone knows? Uh,
1: Kreiner underscore underscore.
0: Kreiner underscore underscore. I will, guys, uh, if you're on YouTube, I will link – everything that I can find of Kriner's below. Um, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple or Spotify, and this is not just good cross promotion, even though it is just come by the YouTube channel, even if it's just to get the links to follow them. I, you know, you want to watch the video. Great. You don't want to, I'll be okay. But just make sure you're clicking the links, following them everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, uh, do you YouTube content.
1: Uh, I'm going to try to start in 22, but not right now. I don't.
0: All right. So be on the lookout for YouTube content. It's coming. Uh, Kreiner is one of the greats he's locked in and uh, I think he's only going to continue to get bigger. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you having me.
0: Cool. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, next, so the next couple of weeks with the holidays, I'm going to be traveling home and trying to figure out episodes. So I will not leave you guys high and dry. They might be more like evergreen episodes that are not current on content. Not that there's much content anymore anyway, um, but just look out on Twitter, KDJTV611, for updates on that front. Uh, but otherwise, if, if I forget, have the happiest of holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, talk to you guys next time.